Your favorite cartoon characters will help you understand how drugs and alcohol can ruin your life. So watch the program. Talk about it with your family. Welcome to special presentation with Mike and Ethan, or Elf will not be seen tonight. What we have today, uh, oh, hang, hang on, I had a really good, I had a real good intro here, and now I've forgotten about it. Crap. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, uh, darn! Now I'm going to be, you know, trying to think of what my what my great intro was that I was practicing in the car. Now I don't. Know. <laughs> Anyway, so okay, we've in the in the last couple of weeks we've been kind of going further and further back in time. We've we've revisited uh, we've revisited the world of uh, Doctor Seuss and then the world of uh, of Snuffy Smith. We went all the way back, which we went all the way back a hundred years, and now we're going to something that is celebrating its I think its hundred and fourth anniversary this year. Wow. Um, huh. Huh. Okay. Yeah. So some of you may be familiar with this. Some of you may not. We, uh, But I'll bet just about everyone who's listening to this is, if you have any interest in comic strips, you've probably heard of George Harriman and Crazy Cat. I have heard of that. Yes. Crazy Cat is uh, one of the, it is every cartoonist's favorite cartoon. Not most cartoon readers, but cartoonists themselves love Crazy Cat. Yeah, I remember Crazy Cat. Uh, I think I first heard about Crazy Cat in the intro to like one of the Calvin and Hobbes books. I'm pretty sure that um, Bill Watterson has mentioned it on multiple occasions. Yeah, Bill Watterson is. Yeah, he actually. You remember the cartoon where uh, Calvin turns into a dinosaur while his while his parents are in the art museum? They're actually yeah. looking at a scene from Crazy Cat. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can see the Crazy Cat influence in a lot of other newspaper comics, like I think Bloom County, Broomhilda, yeah. the kind of surreal backgrounds. Um, but anyway, but Mutz is drawn almost Crazy a, Cat, yeah, because this is actually not Crazy Cat that we watched today. Not all of it, at least. We actually, we do actually see Crazy Cat briefly. <laughs> mm, there is a Crazy Cat sequence, yes, a Crazy Cat esque sequence, a cameo, yeah. But the thing is, the creator of Crazy Cat, George Harriman, was a was a prolific cartoonist in a lot of other rights. He did a whole bunch of other comic strips that no one remembers besides Crazy Cat. But his next best known thing was a series of illustrations for a series of poems, of all things, written by the writer Don Marquis. The name looks like Don Marquis, but it's Don Marquis. I looked it up. Hmm. And Don Marquis had the brilliant idea of what if... He had. What if he had a partner in his writing who was, in fact, a cockroach that lived in the office and would jump 
from key to key on his typewriter to type little notes to him that he would publish later. And that was the origin of the character of Archie. Yeah. Now, um, some of you may know Archie the Cockroach. uh, If you're like me and you read any sort of like scholastic uh, books that you would get, you know, from the, uh, the book club when you were a kid, if any of them were about insects, like insects do the strangest things or, you know, something like that, whenever they got to the section on cockroaches, they would always mention famous cockroaches, Archie and Metabelle, yep. you know? And, uh, and I, as a kid, I was always like, oh, this must be the most famous cockroach ever. But you never hear about <laughs> Archie other than in these books about cockroaches. But I guess <laughs> they're not a lot of famous cockroaches. You know, it's pretty much him and the guy in the metamorphosis. And I think that's it. Milk toast. Oh, that's right, Milk Toast. Well, Milk Toast would have come later. He wasn't yes. around at this point. So, mm-hmm. uh, but anyway, so um, so, but Archie the Cockroach appears in the movie that we watched tonight, Shinbone Alley. Shinbone Alley, which is in fact an an animated adaptation from 1970 of a musical from Broadway, which was written by Mel Brooks. Yeah, it's the famous uh, 2,000-year-old man himself. Um, <laughs> this didn't... I don't know. It kind of, does. I would not have guessed this was a Mel Brooks joint. But uh, it feels... Maybe. You know when people say, oh, they could never make Blazing Saddles today, they would never even try to make Shinbone Alley today. No, this is extremely of its time. It's, yeah, it's um, extremely of its time, and... I gotta say, this movie is ballsy. I'm just like, wow, they went there multiple times in this movie. Yeah. Um, so this is a movie that it's uh, it's from 1970, so it's kind of got it's got that extremely um, it's got the Ralph Bakshi look. I think is the best way to describe yeah. it. Now um, I remember we... my great intro here. This is yeah, this was from do it now. Yeah, this was from a year after. A Boy Named Charlie Brown, the movie that broke the Disney barrier. So, you know the comic strip Oglaf? Yes, I do. Do you, do you know the one about the labyrinth? Uh, that it's got a cheese in it. Yeah, I, I build a, I'll build a labyrinth to hold the cheese. I'll build a labyrinth to, <laughs> to hold the poem. Uh, I feel like that something like that happened with... You know, it was like, can you believe it? An animated movie that wasn't Disney made some money. And some screenwriter just tore over everybody else in the room to slap his Archie and Mahidabel screenplay. I was like, look, 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 let's do it, let's do it now, now! <laughs> yeah, this is, um. well, you know what, this, this, the movie doesn't really have a, you know, the, uh, there, I mean, there was a screenplay, but there's not really a story or a plot here so much as kind of a vibe. Yeah, that's a good way of putting uh, it. It is Broadway, so it is all kind of a shell for the songs. Oh, God, and the songs, the songs. Oh, the songs. Uh, I mean, um, you know, like some of the other things we've watched have had, you know, some music where you're like, hey, this this kind of slaps. I I would, the music in this is kind of dire. I mean, half the time it's like just a person talking really in, in a weird kind of voice. Yeah, it's all kind of talk singing. And you'd think that, you know, most of these people are, they're pretty good singers in their own right. I mean, Carol Channing was a a great singer and, 
know, I for I forget what the guy who did Archie's voice himself did, but uh, he can sing. But it's, yeah, it just doesn't come up much. No, it does not. Um, I mean, there are songs, but it just seems like characters will just start talking. It weird. They start talking like this, and then you know it's a song. But it's like there's not much of a melody to anything. Um, I and, think that's a fact. That's a aspect of how this is adapted from poems. So, oh, hmm. so much um, like much like cats, this is a musical about cats, which is adapted from a book of poetry. Yeah, but like, I mean, I saw cats, and uh, music's a little better in that one. Yeah, you know? no like, argument there. Oh my, I'm just saying, like you like you like um, watch cats, and you're like, Dan, that's Gimble Shanks. He's got it going on. He's got a fat <laughs> beat I can bug out to. Whereas in this one, we're just like, okay, you just the song songs happen and you just kind of have to wait them out you know like a bad yeah. trip <laughs> <But> anyway, <laughs> so um however one thing i will say that i i think was kind of uh bang on about this um is um it it, it the relationship between archie the cockroach and mehedabel who is a cat she's mm -hmm. an alley cat um, it really captures uh, the feel for a very particular kind of relationship that, um, you know, s some of us may have had or observed when we were in high school. You know, the, uh, the, the nice guy with kind of fun party girl relationship. Yeah, I, w yeah, I was going to say that Archie is a stan, isn't he? Oh, he is. He is such... He's, he's, this, I would go as far as to say he's a simp. A simp. Yes. Thank you. That was the word I was looking for. <laughs> um, you know, that's the thing is like, cause I, you know, I mean, I was like, you know, I was one of those sorts back in high school. I mean, I know, I know people were probably shocked. Like, Oh my God. Like, uh, you know, simpy nerd in high school becomes a podcast guy. Who'd have thought <laughs> it? But, um, you know, like I, I remember like kind of being that sort of person who, was had a friend who was you know a girl somewhat like Mehedabel and this our relationship was very similar to the one that Archie has with Mehedabel by which I mean it was not good it was yeah it was bad and because you know when you when you're I mean hopefully most of us grow out of that sort of thing but you know um it's basically the sort of thing where there's a guy, he's like, I'm a nice guy. Oh, everyone, you know, and he's kind of obs when when you're being a nice guy, kind of obsessed with the girl. But yeah, and and somehow the girl doesn't catch on. Yeah, it's like a weird thing where you, you I mean, that's the thing. It's basically I mean, this was a sort of relationship that I was in. And I think it's pretty par for the course with with the high school nice guy where it's like you're you're a kind of a. It's like you're kind of, you know, like a, maybe a, a shy, nervous, socially awkward guy. There's a girl who's nice to you, so you become obsessed with her, but you're also kind of scared of it ever going anywhere. So it's just a weird thing where you basically, like, become, like, a hanger-on, but you also kind of resent the fact that, like, she's she has her own life and yeah. uh, isn't, isn't fawning back. Um and uh, also, like a whole lot of negging goes on, which yeah, oh wow, there yeah, there's a lot of negging. He is uh, Archie seems like he should be a lot more likable than he is, but he comes across as such a fun-hating scold. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like, oh yeah, 
basically in this, so Archie is spends the entire movie just like yelling at Mahedable to get a job and stop being such a slut, and then like getting mad at her because she has a boyfriend, and then you know, uh, and then and then like swearing off her, but immediately being like Mahedable, I'm coming back, I'll save you, I'll save you, and then when she doesn't need saving, just being like, oh well, you're a you're a slut. You're a dumb slut, Mahedabel. See if, like, that sort of thing. So, you know, it's not a healthy relationship, but it is a very accurate portrayal of that kind of relationship. So when I was watching this movie, I was like, are we supposed, is this movie self-aware? Are we actually supposed to like Archie? I can't tell. And how much I appreciate this movie really depends on how much the movie is aware of how awful Archie is. It's it's very it's very puzzling the way it's it's set up because... You know, Archie is the one who has the character arc, but Mahidabel is the one who actually does anything. Yeah, does yeah, because does Archie actually have an arc? He kind of, he he kind of, because oh, his whole thing is he's mad. He he's mad at Mahidabel because he wants her to get a job, and uh, he and and yells at her a lot whenever she makes bad decisions, um, and then at the end, he she follows his advice. But then he's mad because she she follows his advice and outgrows him. And then he's mad about that. And then she comes back because she decides to be a slut again. And he's just like, I'm glad I know you, Mahedabel. The end. And it's like, all right. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, when we say we he's urging her to get a job, he's urging her to get a home. Because they're all, these are not uh, anthropomorphic, this is not Zootopia. These are anthropomorphic animals that live in an alley and uh, hide, and live on people's garbage. So they're they're basically like real animals. Like, yeah, it's, it's this is closer to Heathcliff and the Cadillac Cats than anything else. Yeah, it, it's one of those movies that brings up the question of are do humans in this world because there are presumably humans though we don't see them do they see that the animals are wearing clothes or are the clothes invisible to them? You know because you know like kind of like in um, you know Secret of Nim and stuff like that. Yeah, I'll the the cats don't seem to wear that much 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 clothing at all except for the one except for the one voiced by uh by john carradine and uh yeah <laughs> i mean the others have like hats or like ascots things that like if you saw like a real cat wearing those you wouldn't be like what the fuck you'd be like you oh just... someone put a hat on that cat okay sure you know someone glued a hat to that cat call the aspca yeah i mean you might be a little more weird out when you see archie because it's like how did they how did they find a, a vest that tiny you know but um <laughs> Or, like, you saw, like, a spider who could play bongos. But, you know, <laughs> mo mostly you're just like, yeah, these, these things can kind of fly. Like, maybe, you know, humans would just ignore that. The same way, like, you know, Mrs. Brisby has a little, like, cloak. I think a human seeing that would be like, oh, yeah, cloak, sure, fine. It's not like when Mr. Ages walks in and he's wearing a full, like, little suit. He's got but... glasses. Who put glasses on this mouse? Yeah, because at that point you're like, okay, come on. That this is something's going on here. It's not a normal mouse if he's wearing glasses. Like I can imagine, like a mouse might somehow get like a little piece of fabric accidentally tangled around itself, so that you yeah, know, like, like pizza oh, rat. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, like that makes sense to me. But when they're wearing a full like outfit, like Basil of Baker Street or you know the Rescuers, then it's like okay, no, no, I I can tell something is going on here. Um, anyway, but but. Um, so, what? Were, but but um, that's that's Shinbone Alley. Yeah, that 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 Shinbone Alley. 
Um, anyway, we should actually go through the actual movie, shouldn't we? Yeah, yeah. So first of all, um, there's Ar- Archie is apparently he's a he's reincarnated. He's like a dead poet. Yeah, it's yes, he, it's he's a dead poet society of one. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the first thing we see is Archie's suicide note. He's thrown himself into I guess it's the Hudson Bay. Is this New York? And, I assume it's New York. Yes. So he drowns himself. First thing in this animated movie is the main character drowning himself. And then he gets spit back out of the ocean as a cockroach. A cockroach who already has friends who know him by name. Yeah. (laughs) So apparently he has been reincarnated as a pre-existing cockroach. Yeah, this this is something that has almost been completely forgotten. He calls it transmigration. I've never heard of this before where you just become another person that already exists. Was that like a thing? Cause I actually assumed when they said that, I thought that they were in- intentionally uh, scrambling up mi- uh, reincarnation as a joke, but uh, is ta- trans uh, Tra- transmogrification like a real thing that was in the seventies, maybe transmigration. Or? I don't know. Well, transmigration, sorry. that was when, Oh, that was when, uh, oh, crap, what's her name? The celebrity who was who was a, a big deal about remembering her past lives. I don't even remember. Oh, Shirley MacLaine? Shirley MacLaine, yeah. That was when she was a big deal, right? So yeah, I think she so. Might, she probably talked about that kind of thing. I yeah. don't know. Um, but yeah, so he, he becomes a cockroach. The Presumably the, the consciousness that previously occupied that cockroach body is, I don't know, gone. I don't know what's going on. They, uh, they seem to have, they seem to have merged because he, because not only do, does the rat who says to him know Archie, Archie already knows the rat. So oh, that's true. This is kind of getting into what we were talking about before we started recording. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny that they, I mean, I, I know that the original Archie stories, I think he was, again, a reincarnated poet or something. Yes. Or seemed to have been a poet in her previous life. I feel like th- this really has no bearing on this on Shinbo- the story of Shinbone Alley. They probably should have just left this little detail on the, uh, the cutting room floor because it just adds a lot of weirdness without actually being necessary at all. Yeah, but- that's... That's the thing. And also, Mahidabel, the cat, she claims to have been Cleopatra in a previous life. This also has nothing to do with Shinbone Alley, so you could have just left the reincarnation part out completely. It's... Yeah. Um, it's more yeah, like the incredible Mr. Limpet than anything else. Yeah. Well, you know, this um, this movie was made before films were made by the algorithm, so, yeah. you know, they're they're just... They're really just like, okay, look, we there. It's on screen. Things are moving. Uh, it's a talkie. You know, be entertained yeah. for like. Look, there's an color. Hour and a half. Look, Mickey Mouse yeah. is spitting. Yeah, you know, it's like it's an hour and a half to like uh, entertain you and and keep you occupied. And it's not like you would watch this on home video. So um, <laughs> no know, one's gonna so, watch this again, right? No, um, I actually thought that when I when we were watching this was like, is this the same movie as Gay Paris, or was yeah. that just? You know, I looked it up. Like... I was curious. Gay Paris came out eight years earlier. Really? Yeah. I, I, Gay Paris came I out eight, we... but this came out the same year as the Aristocats. Oh, if, so I feel like they were in like a kind of a, a DreamWorks Disney pissing contest about cat <laughs> movies. <laughs> yeah, the the company that made this is not known for much else. Honestly, they seem to mostly be known for for commercials outside of this. Was this UPA? I thought I 
Uh, no, it was it was something sort of like that. It was a studio that was started specifically to keep the art of animation alive, because which is a weird mm. thing to think. But uh, there was a lot of talk about Disney about animation just going away because Disney was losing interest in it. What a weird, what a weird world. Yeah. Can you imagine a world where Disney's like, yeah, we're not going to do cartoons, and then just some some. A scrappy upstart studio is like, we'll fill the void. <laughs> We've got Archie. I mean, you know, um, well, who do you think the audience was for this? Because this isn't really a kid's cartoon. It's not a kid's cartoon in any way. I mean, there are way too many, you know, not dirty, but off-color jokes. And there are, it, there are definitely adult situations, even if you don't explicitly see cockroach penis or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. It's not like we're not we're not Ralph Bakshi level, but it's definitely you know. Yeah, uh, this was... it's. I mean, as soon as you hear Big Bill talk, you know what era of animation this came from. Yeah. So Big there... Bill's a Barney. Yeah. <laughs> My pebbles. Good old Alan Reed. <laughs> yeah. Um. It's it was very weird seeing Fred Flintstone, hearing Fred Flintstone's voice coming out of. Not Fred Flintstone. <laughs> Fred Fursona. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Fred Fursona. Well, <laughs> yeah. Maybe he used to be a caveman in a previous life. And then one day my best friend poisoned my cereal. <laughs> it's like a, uh, it's a, it's going to become a family uh, guy style cutaway gag. It's like, uh, it's like, hey, Big Bill, remember when that previous life when you were a caveman? <laughs> Um, Big Bill thinks back to the previous life when he was a caveman. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, there's a lot of, yeah, like you said, there's a lot of adult stuff happening in this. Um, but the basic plot, because the basic plot is that Mehedabel likes, like, Mehedabel loves the dick. She is hungry for the D. Is she loves that spiked cat dick. She loves it. And then she, she goes around singing Choose, Choose Your Dame. And, uh, choose your dame. <laughs> what is that? It's some what she's saying. Some French. She says, thing, right? "Yeah, toujours gay, always gay." Oh, what is that? Language mean? is different. Is it? Is it mean to? She's she's well, good for her. Yes, it means always happy, always smiling. Oh, well, good for her. See, she's see the thing is, Mahabell at least has a good attitude. Unlike yeah. Archie. Archie, Ugh. yeah, Archie is trying to correct a problem that isn't there. Yeah. I mean, he's just what a sad sack. God, he's the worst. <laughs> he's he's always like when when he's away from Mahadabel, he's not much better because he's just so whiny. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Mahadabel is voiced by Carol Channing, but this character was also portrayed by Eartha Kitt, and I feel like Carol Channing and Eartha Kitt kind of were kind of doing that the prestige thing. There might have only ever been one of them. Oh, you know, I I can kind of see it because um, the there's a very there's a very Earth Equip Kit quality to uh, Channing's performance in this. And yeah, so Carol Chan yeah Carol Channing doing an Earth Kit voice, or maybe the other way around. Alan Reed doing his one voice, but he does it well. And um, yeah, and then uh, David Carradine. Night Yeah, before he uh, died of autoerotic asphyxiation. No, this was his dad. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> 
Yeah, the one who died of autoerotic asphyxiation was the star of Kung Fu. So. Oh, okay. I always get my carotenes mixed up. <laughs> Carotene well, <anyway>. queen. <laughs> well, anyway, so... Um, Pirates of the Caribbean. I guess that's basically the entire cast of this film. Yeah, except for the guy who did Archie, and I can't remember his name. What was his name? Uh... Probably nothing. Probably, if you can't remember, it's probably nothing important. Eh, yeah, it was so someone that you know who. Uh, what a great cool. podcast! We certainly, we're certainly doing all our research. People are going to be like, "Yeah, we want to. We would listen to the podcast where you learn nothing about a thing." Um, <laughs> it's uh, Eddie Bracken. Eddie Bracken. Where? What? I looked him up, but what did he do? Well, let's see. He was a Hollywood comedy legend with lead performances in the films Hall the Conquering, Hail the Conquering Hero, and The Miracle of Morgan's Creek. His later film roles include National Lampoon's Vacation, Oscar, Home Alone 2, Lost New York, and Rookie of the Year. Oh. So, yeah, he was a working actor. Yep. Yeah. Uh, looks like he was mostly a Broadway guy as opposed to a Hollywood guy. Yeah. I mean, So he, he was probably certain... playing the role that he originated on stage, much as Carol Channing was. Yeah. I mean, you know, he, um, he, it's, there's nothing wrong with his performance here. He's, he's fine. It's just, that yeah. it's an unlikable character. But I mean, I think like, again, like, I mean, I think he does a pretty good job. I'm just not sure if he's, if he's in on the joke or not. Yeah. He's, yeah. Do you think he, do, I don't know. Do you think it makes a, a difference if the, uh, if the actor considers the character they're playing sympathetic? I mean, I, you know, um, I don't know. That's a good question because um, I feel like Archie considers himself sympathetic. So whether or not he's an asshole. So the actor would probably try and portray him that way. You know, how he would act. Oh, gosh, I don't know. Um, oh, shit. Um Drop my headphones. Ah. Uh, oh, they broke. They, you broke your headphones? I broke my headphones. Well, I got one. One ear thing. It's fine. <laughs> we'll keep going. It's fine. Oh, I my God. <laughs> um, like, literally, oh it just fell apart with the, oh the thing Lord. stuck in my ear. All right. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's like oh, always always professional. 100% <laughs> professional on this podcast. Tuesday, gay. Tuesday, gay. Tuesday, gay. Okay, so here's the thing, though. So what I'm, my assumption is that every single person who worked on this film thought that Archie was a sympathetic character. I, I I feel like everyone in 1970 probably been like, oh, of course Archie's a good guy because he likes to work and he's scolding a slut. That's what good guys do. That is what a good person would do. So I I feel like I feel like it. Uh, in fact, probably everyone was like, that's every man who worked on this is probably like, that's what I would do. That's what I would do because they were all probably really mad at some woman in their life who wouldn't fuck them who was going around and having fun without them. And they were like, I'll show that male subconsciously. I'll, I'll vicariously scold that woman through my treatment of Mehedabel here. Yeah. And then he gave, then he gave her free tickets to the premiere of the movie and she didn't come. Oh, what a bitch. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, that's just, that's my assumption. I feel like, I feel like a guy, I, I don't know. I feel like Mel Brooks, 
writing a film in 1970 wouldn't be woke enough to be like, hmm, maybe Archie's uh, behavior is actually quite problematic, you know? <laughs> oh, maybe Archie's behavior is quite problematic. Oh, that's a actually, that's Mel a much Brooks better. <laughs> that's, a, that's a better Mel Brooks than I did. I was basically just doing. Um, I was basically just doing Ben Shapiro. Yeah, you're doing Eddie D's in her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, oh, well, I hope that uh, Archie is uh, hoisted by his own petard on facts and logic. Um, but so yeah, we're just assuming that the two thousand year old man made this movie himself. Or so. Oh, of course, of course, we had animation studios, but of course, we, we didn't have an actors. We had to use real cockroaches. <laughs> yeah, see, actually, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, but anyway, so uh, we got uh, so Archie. He's been reincarnated. He's mad at the head of Bell. Um, he looks what, just what like the Keebler elves. Yeah, he really does. Yeah, um, the, it, it should be noted that even though these are based on characters that uh, that George Harriman made famous with his depictions of them, they are not based on the Harriman drawings for the most part, uh, except for certain parts. Yeah. I mean, it basically just looks like, well, uh, it looks like if, uh, uh, 70s Hanna-Barbera, honestly. Yeah, exactly. It looks like a, a, a better animated Flintstones. And yes. uh, Mahidabel herself is her design is very interesting because the original drawings of Mahidabel were pretty much identical to Crazy Cat, but uh, they really sexed her up for this movie. Yeah, well, they were like, look, we need to make her hot or else it's going to be very the audience is going to be confused when Archie is scolding her for, for being a slut because sluts are hot, you know. <laughs> Like, so, they do the thing where they're like, she's got that tuft of fur that represents boobs, you know? I don't know about you, but I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> I'm good. I'm, I'm totally good with that. Um, she's uh, honestly, I far I prefer like... that to multi-boob going all the way down. Yeah, yeah. I actually kind of like Mehedabel's design in this. She's got a very, um, like, she, she just looks like kind of a, um, I, 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 guess, I don't know how you, like an old French whore. Yeah, she, she, her fur pattern is like, like a teddy kind of. Yes, yeah, it kind of is because she's got like the, um, uh, her arms and uh, legs, or I guess all for her legs because she's a cat. thighs. Yeah, they're yeah. like they're like sleeves. Yeah, and then she's got yeah. these stick figure arms and legs coming out that are not very cat like. <laughs> no, no, um, but you know she's got kind of the um, you know the fur flopping over one eye. You know, in the big yeah. other eye, she she kind of reminds me a little bit of that one dog in Lady and the Tramp. You know, the, the oh yeah, dog. the the one that sings, yeah, the one's all like wow 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 wah. I mean, that is kind of like Mahedabel's thing. Is you know, whenever she walks yeah. off stage, someone should be like, "What a dame!" You know. <laughs> but um, so yeah, you know, I kind of like I I kind of you know, dig her, dig her design. And I feel like Carol Channing's performance, you know, really kind of, uh, it sells the character. Cause she, yes. you know, and she is the it, most important character because Archie mostly stays home and pouts while Mahidabel is having fun. Yes. Um, and by having fun, it mostly, she is like, uh, she's hanging around with big bill who is, uh, big bill is cat. basically, yeah, he, he's basically Bluto as a blue cat. Yes, and um, he doesn't like, uh, and Archie doesn't like him because, you know, he's the competition. Because, um, 
the head of L is is fucking Big Bill and not him. So Archie gets mad about that a lot, and um, you know, y- yells at uh, the head of L, and uh, you know, and and basically uh, she's all uh, he's all like. She, she says something about like, oh, I left Big Bill at one point. He's like, you never left anyone. You love Dick too much. And it's like, you know, Archie, if you want to get in the head of Bell's uh, metaphorical pants, which you very clearly do, you're not going to get there by, like, constantly insulting her. No, it's like, and, yeah, and, well, she does cite one person. Well, I left Dave. Dave died! <laughs> That, that, now that gets that really pisses her off <laughs> appropriately. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she finds it's funny because then when she starts getting pissed off, then of course, then of course, Archie's like, No, no, don't, no, I didn't mean it. Oh, what? it's like, No, 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 down, Dino, take it easy, boy. Wait, wrong voice actor. It's like, you know what, Archie, shut the fuck up, you stupid cockroach. God, um, so yeah, so Mehedabel, she's she, no, she gets together with Big Bill, right. Yeah, she gets together and, with Big Bill, and uh, Archie is trying to uh, talk her out of it, and Big Bill is like, how about I squash this cockroach for you? And she's like, no, he's a friend, but you can flick him a little. <laughs> like, that's that's a good way of uh, describing their relationship. It's like, you know, you don't, you know, you can do a little violence to him as a tree. Yes. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I think, yeah, well, that's, that's what I said, is um, I feel like this really does encapsulate that kind of relationship, you know? Where between uh, the, yeah. the the simp and the simpy, I guess. Yeah. Where it's like you know, it's like it's not exactly healthy on either end. No. You know. You know when she um, says, "I'll let you walk home with me," then I wonder why she sleeps with my friends. Yeah. <laughs> it's like being the protagonist of um, the uh, uh, an an offspring song. <laughs> the more you suffer, the more it shows you really care, right? I mean, that's pretty much what this movie is. Yeah, that, that um, this yeah this movie was just remade as as an offspring song. Well, you know, wasn't Archie on the cover of their albums? I remember they had like Buzz. <laughs> or was that Sublime? Oh no, wait, that was something oh, else. I you may I don't know. Sublime is the one that has that incredibly ugly son that everyone wears the uh, shirt of. Oh, I don't remember that one. Oh. Um, yes, only... yes, my son. He's incredibly ugly. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like father, like son. <laughs> uh, the only ugly son I remember is that one on uh, One Crazy Summer. Oh, man. <laughs> one Crazy Summer. Oh, the, the the wonderful Savage Steve Holland movie nobody saw. <laughs> a classic. A classic Savage Steve Holland joint. But uh, yeah, the son, he wears those weird sunglasses. Um, yeah. But anyway, so... Um, yeah, so then she she goes with Big Bill. So Archie gets really sad and types a bunch of uh, newspaper columns. Yeah, he with, writes a poem about a moth that is uh, that is attracted to a flame, and asks him why. In which the in this poem he asks why why do you seek your death so so eagerly? And the and the moth says, "Is there anything you want as much as I want this? No. Well, I pity you." Yeah, this whole bit is kind of it's um you know it's 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 the seventies so yeah. it's all like that um you know follow your bliss yeah the the animation is all like kind of like um 
a little trippy yeah. in this bit. So, and it's kind of um, disappointing to me, at least, that the moth, the moth as presented, is just like the silhouette of an actual insect. And I feel like they pulled their punch here by not making the moth a character on Archie's level. Yeah, well, that would that might have like had people feel emotions, and they were like, <laughs> no, 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 we can't have that. No, um, no, no. It's, you know, we're making we're symbolism here. The moth yeah. represents a moth. Wait. Mostly in this whole sequence, I was like, God, Archie, your poems suck. God. Oh, oh these droll observations on human nature. Boy, Archie, you're so, wow. You're really making me think. Gee, um, Archie. I do a lot of like, ah, oh, people think that they're really important, but you know, to a mosquito, you're just this next meal. Wow, Archie. Gosh. Never thought of that one. Boy, you sure took me down a peg. Ugh. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I was not impressed with his uh, with his um, Bon Mots, but uh, but then it doesn't last very long because apparently uh, Bell gets kicked to the curb by Big Bill. This yeah, off screen. So it's like, oh, all right. I gotta say, I think... never seen an animated movie where one of the main characters does the walk of shame before. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was uh, yeah. I did like how uh, she, how pissy she was at everyone else in Shinbone Alley, though. Everyone's like, "Maharabro, you're back," and she's like, "Fuck off." <laughs> you bring any souvenirs? God, and, indeed, she uh, did. Everyone, yeah, everyone's like, just like everyone's so catty in this. <laughs> well, um, well, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so th- so she comes back, and Archie is like, "Mahedo's back," and he goes like. Mehedevo, I'm coming! I'll save you! You know, that sort of thing. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, she goes back to her her trash can home and looks at some old uh, photographs or, like, drawings that seem to be much more in the style of George Harriman, which is a nice touch. But they've redrawn her in the drawings to look like she does in the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um... Yeah, kind of weird, but um, and then like uh, yeah, Archie's back, and he seems like he's about to convince her to get a job as a house cat, but then then I especially like, love how the you know there are you know want ads for house cats. Yeah, <laughs> you know um, if you're expecting a cat to read this and knock on your door like I'm I'm here for the house cat job, you probably wouldn't be very surprised that they were wearing clothes. That's a good point. In fact, it is kind of what happens. So maybe this is normal in this world. Yeah. Again, it's it's that uh, it's that District Nine kind of cat world where the you know the cats are a persecuted minority who have to live on garbage. Man, makes you think. <laughs> yeah, it's not something that. Uh, yeah, not something that Archie would ever think about because he's been a man and he's been a cockroach, but he's never been a cat. Yeah. Well, maybe he should um, he should stop talking over uh, cats. Yes, you know he you know, let the do, cats speak. You know, yeah, he should do less less uh, less 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 cockroach splaining. Yeah. And, um, honestly, you know, I, that's that's a good point because Archie does not spend a lot of time in this movie um, thinking or um, uh, about what Mahedabel actually wants in her life. He mostly just like yells at her for not doing what he wants her to do. Yes, you know you should. You know you should encourage her to speak up. You should tell her about the meow too movement. 
Now, um, she is about to get a job, but then she runs into uh, this this kind of acting guy, this David Carradine as sort of a like a a theater guy. Um, yeah, that's it's it's pretty funny actually because there's this the way he enters is she is just she is just taking uh, his she's just take for the first time taking uh, Archie's advice about getting this job, and that's when a head suddenly emerges through a fence and goes me 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 me. I'm like, <laughs> you're right. That is very memeable, disembodied head. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, if I see that cat one more fuck, fucking cat one more time. <laughs> um, you know, David Carradine is playing this this kind of theater thespian cat, and it's um, uh, it's kind of a stock character that I don't know that you see very much anymore in cartoons. Yeah, that's a. I, you're right that it's a stock character, but I couldn't can't think of another example. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to yeah same, but it's basically he shows up, he's wearing like a cape and uh, I think a top hat, and uh, he's it's more like doing, a fedora, yeah, or like oh, a, a fedora, pork yeah. pie. You know, it's not too and different from Archie's hat. Yeah, and he basically is just sort of like ah the theater, you know, like that sort of guy. And, yes. Um, you know, the sort of guy who should be carrying around a Yorick skull everywhere, basically. <laughs> and um, it is, I mean, I know that I've seen this kind of guy in, like, a lot of cartoons and, you know, broad comedy, but yeah, I he's, can't think of an example. But and, and it's always supposed to be someone who's a faker, somebody who is, you know, just pretending to be the agent you've been looking for. Yes, exactly. Um, it's basically like the uh, the fox from Pinocchio kind of character. Yeah, you're right. It's like Gideon. Yes. Except um, he himself is a cat. Oh, wait, well, you're right. You're right. I mean, um, it's like Honest John, except he's Gideon. There you go. There you are. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I yeah. forgot the names of the fox and the cat from <laughs> Disney's Pinocchio. I grew up with the book where they're just called the fox and the cat. Oh, you were, uh, I see. You went back. You were at the original source. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. If you think Oz is weird, Pinocchio is Weird. Now, uh, hey, hey, so Ethan, so he's, you're a connoisseur of like um, bizarro um, children's books. In um, some ways, yes. What uh, what what's your what do you prefer between Pinocchio and uh, Oz? What's what's your poison? Mm, I I feel like they they weren't dr they weren't made that far apart from one another. There was like 25 years between Pinocchio and uh, Oz, so I feel like. You know, there's, you know, there's a lot to recommend both of them. But the thing about Pinocchio is that you get a very different experience depending on the translation. So, oh, yeah, because, you know, it was written in Italian. So you so one of the most common uh, translations uses incredibly florid language that is just not appropriate for children. And do you remember when I told you about Tibbs Eve? I don't think so. Remind yeah, me. I did. A, I did this on the on the podcast. I brought up how in Newfoundland there's this uh, there's this holiday called Tibbs Eve. That's the day before Christmas Eve, and it's just a day when everyone gets drunk. And I learned this because my copy of Pinocchio that I grew up with has has a scene where okay, you know the scene where uh, Pinocchio is on the coach that's going to the land of cocaine, and uh, right. everyone yes. yeah. 
and there's the evil coachman who is whipping the donkeys to make them go. And uh, the and Pinocchio happens to notice that one of the donkeys is weeping, and he says, uh, "Mr. Coachman, this donkey is crying." And in in one translation, he says, uh, "Ah, let him cry. He'll laugh on Tibbs Eve." It's like what? <laughs> so I had to okay. look up Tibbs Eve, and I found out it's a it's a Newfoundland holiday where you get drunk. I was like, what? That doesn't make any sense in the context of this 1870s Italian children's book. So I had to dig even further and found that Tibbs Eve is a very old slang term for someday in a, someday forthcoming that we don't know. So Oh, huh. That's interesting. Yeah, and I and I have another translation where he simply says, "Let him cry. He'll laugh when he gets fed." So, which makes more sense, but yeah, no, that that I can understand. <laughs> huh. Um, so that's interesting. Um, I didn't realize there was so much variation between the, this, just this one idiom. Yeah, and the version that uses, like, Tibbs Eve is the one that the most popular version of Pinocchio right now is, I think, is a version done about 10 years ago with new illustrations by the artist Gris Grimley, if you know about him. I don't think I do. Hmm. Well, it's become his signature work, I would say, and it's this that the new Netflix Pinocchio series is basing its uh, artwork on. And this oh, is, okay. yes, this is also the version of Pinocchio that uh, Guillermo del Toro has been trying to get made for quite a long time now. So. Oh, huh. Well, um, hopefully it'll be better than the uh, Roberto Benini one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Roberto Benini Pinocchio! What a, what a film. <laughs> it certainly was. Um, I I remember I watched that movie because uh, my wife was obsessed with um, the actor who played Lampwick in it. Mm. Um, or I don't know what he's called in Italian. He's probably called like I that. Don't know. That's about right. In the version I read, his name was translated as Candlewick, but it means the same thing. It means you know skinny, skinny bones. Oh, okay, that guy. Yeah. So um, she was like obsessed with that actor. The, uh, the brilliant Italian actor, Kim Rossi-Stewart, um, who has appeared in, like, that. That is, I think, the only movie that's ever been, like, translated into English that he's been in. <laughs> Unless you count the Fantagiro series, which um, I actually um, is very good, but um, they don't have here in the States. Mm. Um, but uh, anyway, but, uh, but anyway, in the, the Roberto Benigni Pinocchio, the important thing... The very the most important thing happens in the entire movie is the scene where Roberto Benigni and Kim Rossi Stewart, uh, both both wearing like I don't know like like little short later hosen, like lick this gigantic lollipop together. It's <laughs> it's, it's a striking image. I, I I can imagine. I I have absolutely no idea who this actor is, but I'm 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 seeing Roberto Benigni's you know, tongue coming out of his mouth like a cat trying to lick its chest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, uh, I think the Roberto Menini version does have those rabbit, pall-bearing rabbits in it, though, at one point. If yeah, that's a that's a difficult thing to get. Most most places, most versions leave that out. Yeah. Well, most, ver most versions, like, leave a lot out, to be honest. Yeah. I mean... Uh, the whole the whole thing with the talking cricket. I mean, 
Disney greatly simplified it, but it's so complicated in the actual. Yeah, how version. many times does he kill that cricket? In that he kills show? the cricket, and then he is visited by the ghost of the cricket, and then the cricket, for whatever reason, reappears, or maybe it's a relative of the original cricket as a doctor pres- who is who prescribes that Pinocchio himself is going to die. And then they return to another house in which the cricket is alive again. And Pinocchio says, uh, I'm I'm sorry, last time I drove you away with a hammer. I was like, no, you killed him. That's what you wrote, Colony. <laughs> Wait, was this was Pinocchio written as like a, a newspaper serial originally? Yes, yes, you probably heard that. It was uh, written for a magazine. And Colony had no interest in being a writer. But he had this one friend who was like, come on, man, I need stuff from my magazine. Come on. And he was like... All right, fine. A stick of wood that talked. Blah, 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 blah. R- pay me a lot or I won't write anything else. And it was a huge hit. So he, he kept writing. And then he tried to kill Pinocchio off, which is why one chapter ends with Pinocchio dead in a noose. And oh, with the people like, no, we want more Pinocchio. Bring back Pinocchio. So, yeah, he had to bring it back just like with the patchwork girl of Oz. And he had to oh eventually God. complete it. This is like a. Re- I love how what a recurring theme this is. Like, oh, um, Patrick, Girl of Oz, Pinocchio, Sherlock Holmes, all these writers desperate to get away from their creation and just try to kill it. But like the fandom won't let them die. It's like the supernatural of its day. Opus. <laughs> yeah. How many times have they tried to kill Opus? How do they finally kill Opus? I believe they, they stuck they that drew... icicle through his heart. <laughs> anyway, we were talking about Shinbone Alley an hour ago. <laughs> yeah, so Shinbone Alley. So okay, so the important thing is, uh, she's she's gonna go, she ends up with this actor guy, but he just basically does a thing where he's like, ah, I need you to steal some food for me. This is part of your acting training. But it's obvious he's just doing it to get free food, you know? Yeah, and, so once again, uh, once again, we have got her, you know, busting her hump for a, for a lazy guy, just like with uh, Big Bill. But, you know, I'm not really certain what her relationship is with Big Bill, because he is he taking advantage of her? He seems to care about her enough to come and see her in this show. But uh, is he just, you know, getting ready to pick her up on the rebound? Well, see, that's a weird... Yeah, no, I agree, because, like, I thought that was what it was going to... I thought, because he shows up again, like, Archie kind of brings him to the show, and my assumption was, like, okay, well, clearly, because Archie is the nice guy, he can't end up with Mehetabel, because that would actually do violence to his self-image, because... He can never end up with the girl. He has to be forever alone. He always has to be pining for her. If he actually got the girl, he wouldn't know what to do with her. You know, he thinks he wants the girl, but what he wants to be is a martyr to his own sadness. So therefore, he can't be the one to get the girl in the end. So I thought it was going to be set up so that he was going to get Big Bill, like together with Mehetabel, right? And it was going to turn yeah. out that like, oh, Big Bill actually does care under that rough exterior, but he kind of doesn't he just shows up and kind of makes fun of her yeah big now i i would have liked for big bill to have had a something of a redemption arc but we don't get that no instead i mean what happens well i mean i don't know if it gets ahead of us to say that like she eventually eventually big bill reveals himself to be a big cad yes (laughs) um 
and I guess Mehetabel ends up with no one. But and Archie is like, that's my Mehetabel. <laughs> oh, but, oh, and by the way, he was uh, Archie got back together, got back in connection with Big Bill because he was looking for he was trying to commit suicide again, multiple times and failing. <laughs> Boy, he really sucks at this. Yeah, he is bad at dying. Well, I mean, cockroaches are notoriously hard to kill. But that, that is true. That's true. <laughs> um, so um, he tries to kill himself again, and uh, he's mad because his friends, the uh, spider and the rat, are like, "Here, let's help you." And yeah. he's all mad about that. And it's like, "Yeah, Archie, I think you you would be mad no matter what they did because that's what you are. You just now you're you just." Now your friends are just zoomers. They're like, "Yeah, I wish I was you." Do a flip. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, I think that you know, like Archie just wants to be aggrieved about everything. So if his friends tried to stop him, he'd probably be mad at them for that too. Uh, a, you know, anyways, there's so no winning when you're no when you know Archie. Yeah, seriously, seriously. But anyway, so he is now uh, together with uh, no, he's with Big Bill. Uh, Big Bill and Mahetta Bell, I think, become an item again. Yeah. Is oh. That- also, and the reason they become an item is because Mahitabel, she was actually doing some training with, uh, with oh, what's his name, John Carradine Cat, and she starts Tom Tattersall or something. Tom Tattersall, yeah, and he's and he gets he gets her to recite some Shakespeare, and she starts doing it to a boppy beat, She's like to be or not to be. That is the question. Do, 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 do. And it's I don't know about you, but this makes me think of. This makes you think of Robert Crumb. More the Boppy Beat? Yeah, more specifically, it makes me think of a certain Crumb comic where he actually interviews his mom about, like, how... about what popular music was like during her time. And she she was like, oh, yeah, our parents were always trying to get her to play... us to play instruments, but we weren't interested in that. We were strictly hep cats with a hey, nani nani and a hot cha cha. <laughs> and... <laughs> And there's a little asterisk there that says watered down Negro jive talk. (laughs) That's what this is. This is watered down Negro jive talk. Yeah, that's well, it was 1970, you know, yeah, it's cool to appropriate uh, uh, black slang badly, you know? Yeah, this is Uh, this is about when the time the movie, the, the movie, the sting came out, wasn't it? Mm, yeah, I think so. Actually, yeah, the Sting brought about, brought with it a uh, revival of interest in ragtime and that kind of thing. So yeah, I can see how that kind of that kind of twenties uh, hot cha slang would come back into style. And yeah. also, oh, we didn't even mention the whole the whole song that John Carradine Cat sings about being a beard. Oh. Now, I completely now, forgot that. Now, I don't mean that he was making his lesbian wife look straight. I mean that there is a whole song about how a great actor lost his Rip Van Winkle beard on stage, and this cat jumps down and fastens himself around the neck to play a beard. And It's really not that interesting. No, it's not. But I do want to say that this... The John Carradine cat has this really long beard and mustache and is wearing all a big black hat and cloak and it gives him a little bit of a Hasidic look. Did you notice hmm. that? Yeah, now that you mention it. Yeah, it kind of does. Uh, and then there's this song, this song about being the beard, which keeps kind of threatening to swing into Klezmer. 
And <laughs> so I kind of felt like this whole scene had three parentheses around it. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, um, well, you know, they, they are they are theatrical people. <laughs> Cats, yes. <laughs> yeah, actually, I was trying to make consider are there stereotypes about Jews in the theater? No, I can't really. Well, oh wait, yeah, you know what? I mean, when you think about it, actually, uh, this character, because he's basically trying to like groom Mehedabel to be like a stage uh, singer. He's basically uh, Svengali. Who, You're you know, right. Yeah. So now you're wondering if, yeah, if all the like Jewish stereotyping was actually intentional. Huh. Well, you know what? Chinbone Alley, you're canceled. <laughs> oh, you know what else I just realized? You know, it, it probably is. Because think about this. Have you ever seen a Mel Brooks joint that does not have like some humor based on like, you know. You're right. You're right. Yiddish? Mel Brooks is Jewish? I know, who would have thunk it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. if you don't know Mel Brooks is Jewish, you'd be like, oh, some of this is pretty problematic. Is Mel Brooks anti-Semitic? <laughs> <laughs> I know, when I saw, I watched, uh, you know, I remember watching uh, History of the World Part 1, and I was like, geez, hmm, oh, geez, uh, I think someone's going to get themselves canceled. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, um, yeah, so I'm, I, I don't know. It's, it's, there is a little bit of that vibe. Um, but uh, it turns out what? Like, why does Mahedemel get mad? And yeah, she, yeah, she, yeah, she gets mad because uh, he's, because he's horrified by her, uh, by her, you know, hot cha jive version of Shakespeare. And this, this is the final straw. It's like, you didn't, you, you wanted to teach me. I learned something and you're not even not interested in what I have to bring. You know, you're out of here. And she's, she chases him off and saunters off with big bill. And once again, Archie is all alone in the world. Well, yeah, and, but this time he has a plan. Yeah. This leads into the best part of the movie, which is the poem. Archie declares war. If you know any Archie poem, you probably know this one because it gets included in, in like school books and stuff. Um, eh. I do not. The only thing I know about Archie's poetry is that he doesn't use capitalization. So I don't think yes. I've ever actually seen an Archie poem. Yes. Well, this one is largely, uh, you know, largely has the whole poem. Some parts are left out toward the end, but uh, but this part is so well known that. The art style completely changes, and it looks like George Harriman drawings. Yeah, so this is actually, you know, um, yeah, it's entertaining, you know. Yes, this is a this is Archie gathering a bunch of insects around him to to start a revolution, and his revolution is to drill the insects against humanity and uh, make them sign the papers for a damn sight better treatment, as he's. As he weaves these fantasies of, of insects uh, rising up in in uh, revolt against humans, and the the most memorable line of this, the one that I've been quoting all my life, is "Come, oh mosquitoes, a billion billion strong, and sting a billion bald heads till they butt against each other and break like eggshells." Which is, yeah, I like that. how that's the natural reaction to bald heads getting stung enough they, they would start budding together. <laughs> um, yeah, this, uh, this one's not bad. This is all right, I guess. Um, yeah, but I feel like the this, you know, kind of makes the rest of the movie look not so good by comparison because, you know, it's so, 
it's so connected to the source material and the rest is kind of not. And yeah. I, it's, I kind of feel like, uh, I kind of feel like this might've been made first and then they made the rest of the movie around it. Kind of like the diary of Adam and Eve. This was, uh, this was their test of concept. Yeah. And, I don't, and I'm not, I'm not as big a fan of the actual model they use for Archie versus the uh, more specifically George Harriman style Archie used in this this shot. Oh yes, yeah. and there is a scene where we see uh, we see Crazy and Ignatz coming by in a parade of uh, creatures being tormented by the by the insects, and at one point uh, Archie wings a brick at a human just like Ignatz. So so they were definitely. Uh, He's like, yes, here, all you cartoon fans, this is what you've been waiting for. Yeah. It's like, yeah, something for the kids. Um, <laughs> well, uh, what I did like is how in the middle of this whole thing, someone just comes in and says, oh, hey, Metabelle had kittens. And it's like... Archie's immediately, like, abandons his revolution. He goes running off, Metabelle, I'll save you. I'll save you. Which, again, very, very, very simp. Big, big yeah. simp move. So how long has he been standing there yelling this? And then Mahitabel had kittens. I was like, so it's like she gave she gave birth in the last three minutes. Apparently, um, it is funny that like uh, I do I do really like the bit though where like Mahitabel is not happy that she's now encumbered with these uh, these kittens. So she's uh, she's gonna kill Blech. them. Yeah, <laughs> they went there. Like you couldn't do that in a film nowadays. You know, just like. Where she's like, yeah, I want to. Where she's like, I want to throw my my babies in the river. <laughs> I was like, Jesus. <laughs> um, and in fact, she actually does try to kill them by letting them drown in their their baby carriage when it starts to rain. Yeah, which is, I I don't think that would work, but well, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, I fact, don't Big think. Bill yeah, Big Bill shows up and he's like, "What the hell is this crap?" Yeah, and uh, he, she's like, they're your kittens. And he's like, oh, I'm out of here, you know? Like, new phone, who dis? Um, yeah, they're... So it's like... I mean, most of them are his kittens because one of them is the color of the John Carradine cat. So yeah. I'm guessing there's a little bit of superfetation happening. Yeah, it's... um, I guess that they're doing that thing where it's like, where, um, you know, like, Phil, Philbert's kids in Rock of Modern Life, one of them just looks like Heifer. <laughs> But, uh, um, yeah, so, but yeah, so it turns out Big Bill is not the hero of this picture at all. And I think that's the last we see of him, him refusing paternity. And also all of her, all of the other cats in the area is like, oh, cute kittens, kitty, 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 kitten, kittens. Well, bye. Yep. <laughs> they're all like, all right, when it comes, yeah, because they're all like, we're going to go party now. And she's like, oh, I'm stuck here with the cats. Like, <laughs> that be like that. Yeah. So you got yeah. If you're gonna be a parent, you have to have friends who are also parents. So yeah, it so, takes a village, not an alley. Yep. So anyway, so uh, she decides not to kill her kittens. I think because Archie guilts her into it. Yeah, Archie. But... You know, Archie begs her and finally get talks her into taking the job at the as the house cat. And she just sort of knocks on their door in the middle of the night, like, yes, I'm here about the position. And they just take her and all these kittens that I don't think they asked for. No. Well, kittens are cute. Well, um, I wouldn't say no. Yeah. yeah. 
This whole thing, though, it's one of those... Um, then they have another terrible song. Yeah, now we have just... another poem where the... It's this poem about, about a lightning bug who thinks he's hot shit when he comes in into town. And Archie deflates him by saying, well, I don't hear any thunder. Which sounds like a fart joke, but it isn't. Huh. I mean, I, I forgot all about that one. I was just thinking of the, the people going out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, this, is, this is a hilarious song because it's about the never-ending drudgery and work and how obedient you have to be when you're a house cat. Yeah, that's not my experience with house cats. <laughs> that is not any cat owner probably would be like, what? Had anyone who made this movie ever had a cat or met a cat? I mean, it's like they kind of do what they want to do. And you're just like, you know, if you have a cat, you're just like, ah, this cat looks nice when they're doing their thing, you know? Yeah, um, I, I especially like how there's all this emphasis about roll on the rug, roll on the rug. Like, that's a cat trick. Or something. It's like I mean, my cat will do that sometimes, but yeah, it's like we didn't tell her to do it; she just does it, you know. Um, I, I yeah, mean, there's I, a lot I, of stuff you don't watch your cat to do, but there was a lot of do do this going on. It's just not really a thing. Yeah, I mean, cats really aren't known for tricks, you know. They they don't need they don't crave approval like dogs do. <laughs> yeah, th there's not a single dog in this movie. Yeah, um, even though I believe there was a dog involved in uh, Archie's world, wasn't there in the in the poems? I think there was. Like... I there might have been. Yeah, I I was looking through some of the poems earlier, and I didn't I didn't find one with a dog, but I found the I found the lightning bug, and uh, this movie leaves out how the last line is that uh, the 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 lightning bug was feeling feeling pretty bad about himself, and then Mahitabel ate him. So <laughs> maybe they thought that was going too far. <laughs> But anyway, so uh, Archie shows up to, um, you know, be a pest. And Mehedabel basically says, you, you can't be here because this is, you know, high society. And um, Archie throws a huge fit. Yeah, Archie and... throws a huge fit, even though she's absolutely right when she shows him, look at all this roach poison in here. They don't want you here. They'll kill you. I mean, so she, it's like. So she's concerned for his welfare just as he was for her. And he can't handle it. No, well, he's a little. He's just such a little shit. I mean, he really is just. He's like, oh, he doesn't like it because now he's like, he spent the whole movie being like Mehedabel, better yourself, and she's like, I did. I don't need you now. I'm a lady of society, and now he's like, oh, a little baby, Pygmalion. <laughs> he's just like I, I hate Archie I hate this guy the rain oh. in Spain falls mainly on the cockroaches <laughs> <laughs> but then so then he sings this song about how he's sad I guess yeah he has this sad song about how you know he you know he ruined the one person that he really cared about the only you know he was her only friend and he fucked things up for her and himself and <laughs> That's when the whores show up. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's the the ladybugs. Yeah, the lady. Why are the ladybugs? Well, okay, it's a pun. Ladybugs of the evening, but still, it's it it seems unfair to ladybugs, honestly. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this whole thing. Well, maybe it's being nice to the ladies of the evening. Well, I think it's funny because yeah, it's well, this whole sequence again, it just it's again highlights. Uh, Archie's 
it's a very again a, a very nice guy thing this this whole sequence you know a very a very simpy thing because Archie is feeling sad he's feeling sorry for himself so he's gonna go and uh, get himself some whores you know he's gonna do that thing probably where he's like see what you've made me do Mahedabel see what you made me do you know like that sort of, I yeah I guarantee that's what he's thinking yeah but he's he's basically palling around with these uh these uh uh, these lady, these ladybug um, uh, sex workers, and yes. he, um, and they have uh, completely he... human faces with no noses. Oh yeah, because you know they they're hot. They have to be hot, so they can't draw them like like bugs or animals. No. You know how it is in cartoons. It's like oh, yeah, they're they're, just, they're la- you know, slightly round-bodied women with wings, pretty much. They're more like uh, what do you call it? Like um, kimono, I guess. Than uh, furry is the yeah. Uh, they're, but, they're they're like Jiminy Cricket. I mean, there's bug yeah. parts, but you gotta squint. Yes, exactly. Um, so so they basically are, uh, Archie passes out, and then they basically decide they they root through his stuff. I guess because they're gonna rob him or something. Yeah. But all they find is his poems, and Archie throws a huge fit now because he's all like my poems don't you touch my poems you dirty whores and it's a typical thing where it's like oh of course the nice guy he'll go he'll go and get himself some sex workers but but he won't have these awful sluts dirty his poems his precious poems because they're they're beneath that they they don't they don't get to touch his poems that's just from ahead of hell so it's just like eh, yeah whatever archie yeah also, it's, don't you write your poetry on the typewriter in a giant page as opposed to something you would be carrying around with you? Yeah, that's a good point, actually. <laughs> this, this Where did these poems come from? Yeah. What are they written on? Rose petals? What did he... <laughs> <laughs> there's like a, there's, there's an even smaller cockroach who's like jumping on a tiny little <laughs> side. It's like, you know, a, a death of it's fleas. It's the geese stacks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh, he, uh, so yeah, so so the whole adventure with the ladybugs doesn't go very well for him. And that's and, when Big uh, Bill finds him, and Big Bill is about to squash him for ruining things, and then he realizes that that uh, Archie is in fact in love with Mahidabel, and he just thinks it's so hilarious that it's it's funnier just to let him stew in it. So he doesn't kill him. I mean, that is pretty funny, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't want to draw. Uh, someone probably drew them having sex. It's not going to be me, but <laughs> the the what like Big Bill and Archie? No, uh, Archie and Mahidabel. Oh, but, okay. yeah, that too. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then he doesn't kill Archie, and I think am I does anything happen, or is it just a bit where then Archie's sad and Mahidabel just, just comes back and it's like I'm a whore again? Yeah, that's that seems to pretty much be it. He's really. You know, he's really sad and he's having visions of her while, you know, his while Big Bill's laughter rings cruelly in his ears. And I I keep thinking it was that guy from Disney that did the voice of Sir Ector, but it's not. I keep (laughs) yeah, I keep hearing it like educated. owl. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Um, But yeah. and yeah, she, that, then yeah. So Mahedabel just shows up, right? And that's, she just that's, shows that's up it. again. She's like, "I'm back to my old self again. Nothing has changed. Not a word for the kittens." 
Yeah, they're not around. What happened to them? <laughs> Good question. It doesn't come up. Now, the thing is, this whole kittens thing is derived from one of the poems, and even which the one where she talks about, you know, how much better off we'd all be if they were drowned. And then the other day I saw Mahitabel and I asked, how are the kittens? And she said, what kittens? <laughs> oh, so you're saying this is actually accurate. Yes, this is surprisingly accurate to the, uh, you know, I mean, what's the point of adapting something if you're not going to get the parts that, uh, you know, really stick with you, I guess. <laughs> they they definitely would not be able to make this movie nowadays. No. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Uh, I got to see. Uh, Mehedabel is a, is a child-free icon. Yes, Mehedabel is like, you know, f- you know, fuck parenting. I'm going to get pregnant all over again and th- throw them away again. You can't stop me. You know what? Uh, good for her. Good yes. for her. She's living her best life. <laughs> that that serial child murdering whore, <laughs> Mahinabel. And Archie's like, well, that's my Mahinabel. Da 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 da. Archie Mahinabel. It's like, well, he got his. He's happy that she's he's she's back living her like well because really is i think what archie's thing is he goes mad because yeah now that she was living a domestic life she didn't need him but now that she's back in the gutter probably gonna get knocked up by big bill or whatever other cat there is then she'll always come crawling back to archie when she needs uh you know when when her relationships go bad and she needs someone to like uh pat her on the shoulder and just endlessly repeat like no i wouldn't treat you like that if only you'd give me a chance you know yeah yeah so yeah i do think more people should watch this movie because you know sometimes you need to sit this sit a friend of yours uh, a certain someone who shall not be named with this like does this remind you of anything Does does this sound like anyone you know Oh shit! <laughs> what do you say? I can, I can, I can quit fucking Tomcats anytime I want. <laughs> you keep saying that. <laughs> choose a game. Choose a game. 